It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. The Carolina Panthers are in desperate need for an influx of talent at the wide receiver position this offseason. Ideally, the Panthers are able to find a number one wide receiver. How much should they be willing to pay, though, to bring in a top-tier wide receiver this offseason? I'll tell you right here on Locked On Panthers. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I am your host, as always, Julian Council, talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, your team every day. That's our motto here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Subscribe or follow the show for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. And be sure to follow me, Julian Council on Twitter at Julian Council because every single Friday throughout the offseason, I'm right here answering your weekly Friday mailbag questions. And the best way to get those questions into me is by either adding me or DMing me on Twitter. But of course, first, follow me on Twitter at Julian Council. Today's episode of Locked on Panthers is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. That's $150 if your bet wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked on to get started today. All right, we're back here on the show and we're going to continue our pre-free agency position evaluations for the Carolina Panthers, looking at the current players on the roster and looking at some moves the Panthers potentially could make once the new league year starts on March 13th at 4 p.m. Eastern time. We are also sitting here during this two-week period where teams can franchise tag players. Yesterday on the show, we talked about Brian Burns making the case for and against franchise tagging him. I don't believe there's really a case against it. The Panthers need to bring back Brian Burns. Ideally, they would sign him to a long-term deal and not be hammered strong once the new league year starts but either way Burns needs to be a Carolina Panther that's also important for the Carolina Panthers as they evaluate the wide receiver position which is who buddy bad here in Carolina the Panthers traded up to number one on March 10th to get Bryce Young to be their starting quarterback they gave away DJ Moore in the process and after trading up they surrounded their potential, their future rookie quarterback, which turned out to be Bryce Young, with the worst collection of wide receiver talent in the NFL. And I honestly should have put talent in quotes because I just did not see it this past season outside of Adam Thielen, who we've already known has established himself as a good NFL wide receiver. Now, did we think at age 33 he had put up those numbers past season? Of course not, but it was good to see Adam Thielen be just somebody who could help out Bryce Young this past season. The Panthers are in desperate need for wide receiver talent this offseason. I think they need two, three new wide receivers to go along with Adam Thielen 
coming back to Carolina if that's what actually occurs here as things play out over the next couple of weeks. They need talent, and it would be nice to get a number one wide receiver. It's going to be a little bit more complicated, though, because of the franchise tag. There are players like T. Higgins who may not be available for the Carolina Panthers without paying a hefty price if he is indeed tagged by the Cincinnati Bengals. There are four top wide receiver options I'm looking at for the Carolina Panthers who could fill in as the number one wide receiver here in Carolina, starting off with T. Higgins. ESPN.com, Matt Bowen, to be more specific, up for ESPN.com. He has T. Higgins as his number seven free agent target and the top available wide receiver if he's even able to test free art agency. I say that because the Bengals are still a team that want to win a Super Bowl. They have Joe Burrow. They assigned him. Jamar Chase is extension eligible. Tyler Boyd, he's going to be a free agent this offseason. We'll see what happens with that situation. And T. Higgins is at the end of his rookie deal and is a very obvious tag candidate for them. Now, the wide receiver tag for the franchise tag this year is $20.6 million. That is not a small sum. That's a little bit less than what Brian Burns would get tagged for here in Carolina. T. Higgins, I'm thinking the Bengals are going to tag him, and the Bengals would be wise to do so, to be able to keep the band together, to keep a talented wide receiver, and to not just let him walk for nothing. And there are some circumstances where you just can't tag a player for something like $30, $35 million if you got to do it for a second season, and you have to let them test the market. This time around, this gives the Bengals an opportunity to be able to keep T. Higgins, continue to discuss a new contract with him, and also reserve the right to trade him to get the most assets possible to then go out there and find a younger, cheaper replacement for T. Higgins. That's the guy I've been looking at for over a year, y'all, when we've been talking about the wide receivers, wanting to see how that situation plays out in Cincinnati. If I'm the Bengals, and really any sane person in the NFL, the wide receiver I'm focused on paying is Jamar Chase, who's going to get a $100 million contract, and rightfully so, because he's outstanding. Is T. Higgins that caliber of wide receiver? No, but he's a very good player, and he's far better than anyone that's currently here in Carolina and would help elevate what the Panthers have at wide receiver, which is not very much outside of Adam Thielen, and give Bryce Young a big target and someone who can truly be a number one wide receiver if given the opportunity. I think T. Higgins is good enough to be that in Carolina or wherever else he goes that, of course, is not Cincinnati, not Miami. Um, Name any team that doesn't have like a Devontae Adams, a Tyreek Hill, um, a Justin Jefferson, and a Jamar Chase, and he could fill that role as a number one wide receiver. If the deal doesn't get – somehow that falls apart, the Panthers, they need to be aggressive in trying to get T. Higgins. But how much should they be willing to part ways with? We'll get to that in a moment. The other receiver I'm looking at is Mike Evans, who is rated as the number 12 available free agent, the number two wide receiver in Matt Bowen's rankings on ESPN.com. Mike Evans last year was a second-team All-Pro for the second time in his career, had – 1,255 yards receiving, lead leading 13 touchdown catches. Every single year of his career, Mike Evans has had over 1,000 yards receiving. And he did that as a second-team All-Pro and the top touchdown reception leader in the NFL with Dave Canales calling plays. Mike Evans, we've seen the video, has been very 
positive about Dave Canales throughout the experience in Tampa Bay and said it was a great hire for the Carolina Panthers. And that's now leading people to think, does Mike Evans want to come to Carolina? There are going to be teams out there like the Jets, like the Chiefs, that are going to be interested. The Chiefs are true contenders. The Jets are pretenders who believe they can contend if Aaron Rodgers can play more than four snaps this upcoming season. The Panthers are in no way, shape, or form a contender for anything other than being one of the worst teams in the NFL again next season. Not think, don't think they're going to be the worst, but they're not going to be very good in my opinion. Bringing in Mike Evans, that can help. It also helps Bryce Young. Now, here's an interesting thing, too, about Mike Evans in a situation. On Monday afternoon, if the Buccaneers would have signed him to a new deal, they would have saved $7.3 million against the 2024 salary cap. They were not able to do that, so they did not save that money. They had a chance to save $11 million had they signed Mike Evans, Antoine Winfield Jr., and Baker Mayfield to extensions prior to to Monday afternoon. Of course, that did not help happen. That actually benefits the Carolina Panthers. Mike Evans is not a tag candidate there in Tampa Bay. Antoine Winfield Jr., a younger player, a guy who was just an all-pro this past season, much like Evans, he would be the player that the Bucs will tag, and they're going to have to allow Mike Evans, if they're not able to get a deal done prior to free agency, to test the market, and I think his market's going to be significant, likely commanding over 20, not even likely, definitely commanding over $20 million per year at age 30. Michael Pittman Jr. of the Indianapolis Colts is the third highest rated receiver by Matt Bowen in his free agency rankings, number 17 overall player in the free agency rankings. He's also another player who's likely going to be tagged typically in Indianapolis. And this is Actually, not been the case the last two years. Jonathan Taylor, they didn't get a deal done with him until things got real tenuous there with him wanting to trade out of Indianapolis, then putting him on, I think, the pup list. Just a weird situation that played out. He eventually did get paid, not necessarily as much as he wanted, but he got paid. He's a running back. He should be happy anytime you get paid at this point in time in the NFL. Michael Pittman Jr. is back in that same case, except I think that there's not really too much concern there from his end of whether he's going to get paid enough. He would probably like to test the market. I don't think the Colts are going to allow him to test the market, which would be much like T. Higgins. Panthers would have to therefore trade for his services. And I think the price would be lower, but it still will not be not significant for the Carolina Panthers. The fourth option I'm looking at as far as guys that could fill in the roles and number one wide receiver here in Carolina and elsewhere in the NFL at certain stops is Calvin Ridley, who is the fourth rated wide receiver and the number 23 free agent, according to ESPN.com's Matt Bowen. Jacksonville, they're going to have to make a decision, much like Tampa Bay, uh, on who they're going to prioritize. It's very clear the guy they're going to prioritize is Josh Allen. He had 17 and a half sacks this past season. We all were witness of what happened that afternoon. He kicked the Panthers' ass so bad that David Tepper threw a drink on a fan at the end of the game. Any player who's good enough to do that, is a player that you're not going to let test the market. He's also an edge rusher, and much like with Brian Burns, Josh Allen, young, upcoming kind of players in the middle of their prime, you're not going to let them leave for absolutely nothing. He would be the player that I think Jacksonville will tag, and all the reporting is that's who they're going to tag. It's interesting, though, when it comes to Calvin Ridley and his ability to test the market. Per his terms of the trade that the Jags made with the Atlanta Falcons back in 2022 when Ridley was suspended for the season for gambling on football, Jacksonville's third-round pick is due to turn into Atlanta's and will do to turn into a second-round pick if Jacksonville extends Ridley's contract. Now, the extension, if that happens prior to free agency, if that happens prior to free agency, they have to give up a second-round pick to the Atlanta Falcons. If 
he gets signed during free agency. So after 4 p.m. on March 13th, that is no longer the case. But what it would mean, though, for Jacksonville is, okay, you get to keep your second-round pick, but Ridley gets to test the market. Starting on Monday, March 11th at noon, that's the legal negotiating period. The Panthers could negotiate with him, and all the other teams in the NFL couldn't negotiate with Calvin Ridley, and that could make things even more complicated for Jacksonville if they're trying to sign him to a deal that, of course, is friendly for them and not necessarily as friendly. It still could be friendly for the player. They're going to have to battle the rest of the market if they're not able to sign an extension. And they're also trying to hold that draft pick, which I think they would. It's going to be a severe gamble for them. They're going to have to tag Josh Allen, and it's very likely that Calvin Ridley is going to hit free agency and is going to get to talk to some teams. And I'm guessing the Carolina Panthers will be one of those teams. So Calvin Ridley, Michael Pittman Jr., Mike Evans, and T. Higgins. Those are the four guys. I've talked about this. If you ever watch me live on Bleach Report, I've talked about them on that live stream. Of course, the podcast, I've talked about those guys plenty of times, talking about them again right now. Those are the four players that I look at as guys that could fulfill the role as a number one wide receiver here in Carolina in 2024. But again, it's not as simple as, oh, they're all going to be free agents, just give them whatever money they want, and then they can come to Carolina. You may have to give up some assets. And also the money, it's not. Nothing. It's important giving up 20 plus million dollars potentially for a number one wide receiver. How much should the Panthers be willing to give up for a number one wide receiver, whether it's contract wise or potentially draft compensation wise? We'll talk about it here in just a moment on Locked on Panthers. The wait is almost over. North Carolina FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, is coming to our state. On March 11th, we'll finally be able to bet on all our favorite teams and all our favorite sports. With FanDuel, there's tons of ways for you to get in on the action. You can bet on everything from the money line to over-unders to which team will win this year's Tobacco Road Rivalry, all on an app that's safe secure and super easy to use plus with live betting you can even pick which player will put up the next bucket and the one after that see for yourself why FanDuel is America's number one sports book just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on so you can be the first to know when FanDuel goes live in North Carolina that's FanDuel.com slash locked on make every moment more with FanDuel if you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. We've identified who the top wide receiver options should be for the Carolina Panthers, a team that has next to no talent outside of Adam Thielen in their wide receiver room as we sit here on Wednesday, February 21st, a team that is in desperate need of finding somebody other than Thielen who can be consistent for their quarterback, Bryce Young, someone who can help Bryce Young look like the number one overall pick. We saw glimpses last year against Houston, against Atlanta, close those games out, and we saw everything you wanted to see, especially in the second half against Green Bay in that Packers loss. 
You got to give Bryce Young more talent. You got to give him some more time up front, of course, with the offensive line. You need to give him a, a consistent run game. And one day, sure, we can sit here and say, does Bryce Young have to have everything perfect for him to have success in the NFL? And if that's the case, is he truly a franchise quarterback? We can have that conversation down the road once Panthers actually are able to get some guys around him so we can properly evaluate Bryce Young. So we've identified who the top four guys are. It's Calvin Ridley, Michael Pittman, Mike Evans, T. Higgins, not in that order. I would take T. Higgins, number one, because I think he's the best. Well, I know he's Mike Evans is the best of those guys. Mike Evans is going to go to the Hall of Fame. He are, They already have sculpted his bus in Canton. He's the best of those four receivers. You have to understand that age is a factor into this. Mike Evans is over the hill, and I, I'm i 30 years old, about to be 31 next month, but that's over the hill in the NFL. He's played well 10 straight years, 10 straight 1,000-yard receiving seasons, did it last year under Canales, second time being a second-team All-Pro. He Clearly likes Canales, is maybe even intrigued about the situation here in Carolina, playing it on offense. We'll see what happens there. Can he continue to produce like that moving forward? We've seen that typically goes down. How quickly will it happen? Will it happen next year? Will it happen in a couple years? We just saw Adam Thielen, man, have a 1,000-yard receiving season. So, and he was 33, and everyone thought Adam Thielen was pretty much cooked. Not cooked, but he was not going to be a guy who's going to put up those numbers. It's possible that if Thielen did it here in Carolina, why the hell can't Mike Evans do it this upcoming season? But looking just at the age of these guys would be T. Higgins first. Then, God, yeah, I have to put Mike Evans second because he's just a better player. And then... I guess Michael Pittman. So I guess in the order, it's already in. T. Higgins, Mike Evans, Michael Pittman Jr., and Calvin Ridley. I agree with ESPN's uh, Matt Bowen as far as his rankings go with the top wide receivers. I saw Pro Football Focus even put Marquise Brown, uh, Hollywood Brown, from Baltimore, then now is with the Cardinals ahead of Calvin Ridley and their free agent wide receiver rankings. Either way, those top four guys are the guys the Carolina Panthers should be viewing as potential number one wide receiver options that can elevate this room and give Bryce Young a chance. That's all I'm asking for is give the man a chance. How much should the Panthers be willing to give up for a wide receiver one? When it comes to T. Higgins, it's not going to be as simple as, oh, he's a free agent, just pay him what he wants. It's going to come down to the Bengals' willingness to trade him for one and allow him to even speak to other teams once they do tag him. And I believe they're going to franchise tag T. Higgins. If something does not, if that does not happen and he's available, that is a great scenario for the Carolina Panthers. The Bengals are a smart team. Joe Burrow signed his deal so that it would be possible to bring back Jamar Chase, to bring back T. Higgins. I don't know what they feel for Tyler Boyd, but to continue to be able to put a good team around them. Now, the thing, too, for Cincinnati is... They didn't make the playoffs this past year. They have a higher first-round pick than they've had over the last couple of seasons. They could be much like Minnesota, who moved away from Adam Thielen and could go out there and draft a young first-round receiver. And Jordan Addison was great for the Vikings last year, even when Justin Jefferson was missing some time with that team. Do you Are you better served if you're Cincinnati by just letting him go? Now, you would not just want to let him go. But yeah, he could go out there, just draft a receiver in the first round. The talent is immense every single year, especially this upcoming this upcoming draft. That is a possibility for them. But they're a smart team now. I don't think the Bengals are going to be a team that are just going to let Higgins leave. Now they can draft a receiver in the first round if that's I don't know what their needs are. They could do that and have that as a backup 
and let Boyd walk, and then if T. Higgins leaves next offseason, their asses are covered. Uh, they could still do that. But right now, that's the team that's going to tag T. Higgins. It's going to be $20 million to franchise tag the Panthers. They could give up some assets to bring him in. They're going to have to carry that cap number for a little bit, though. That's the one thing they're going to have to do. And then they're going to have to find a way to, of course, they extend him, which I think would extension would come fairly quickly. The Carolina Panthers would need to have some sort of extension plans ready to go to get that cap number down for 2024 to allow them to make some other moves. You don't want to be sitting here having to wait for a week or so just to get that deal done. You want to be able to have a, a way to get that deal done as soon as possible. That's something to understand. Now, how much would it cost? If I'm Cincinnati, I at least want the second round pick this year. Pick 33, that's effectively a third, a first-round pick. That's the pick I want. As a Panther fan, do you want to part ways with the 33rd overall pick to get T. Higgins, who's a proven player and can come in and be your number one wide receiver? What if I told you that four years ago, T. Higgins was picked 33rd overall? Michael Pittman Jr. was also selected 34th overall, and those are two players we're talking about right now as potential targets for the Carolina Panthers if they're available as free agent wide receivers to come in and be a wide receiver number one. You've seen in the past, the 33rd pick can get you T. Higgins. The 34th pick can get you Michael Pittman. The Panthers are going to be in position to get somebody. And I looked at a mock draft today. I think it was Daniel Jeremiah's. He didn't even have Keon Coleman in the first round. If you're telling me Keon Coleman from Florida State is available at 33, I think I want to take Keon Coleman. I love T. Higgins. think he's a great player. Love him at Clemson and was an absolute freak, which is what happens when you have Trevor Lawrence throwing the ball and you're playing in the ACC. That's going to happen. Clemson just out-talented everybody for that period of time until recently, which is not the topic of discussion right now. But Keon Coleman, also a freak. Also a player who can come in here and make some damn plays. I told you I like A.D. Mitchell. We have to get through free agency to really be able to have this conversation with the understanding of what the Panthers have done. We need that context before to really get into it in depth. I'm just pointing out the mere fact that the Panthers or the the Bengals sat there at 33rd overall in the same draft where they took Joe Burrow and took T. Higgins there in the second round. It would be nice the Panthers were in a position where they had the number one overall pick and then they could go out there and take Marvin Harrison Jr. or they could trade back really, get some more picks, and then they could take somebody like at 33 overall, that could potentially be T. Higgins. It would be nice if they're in that situation. Of course, they're not in that situation. Just pointing out that they've done that. Now, if you've listened to me, you know that I've always been a players over picks kind of guy. The Panthers suck at picking players. They just drafted a guy in the second round last year, and Jonathan Mingo. We'll talk about him momentarily. He was terrible. There are plenty of players that were drafted after him that weren't terrible. So the Panthers need to do a better job of not picking terrible players. But I don't have a lot of confidence, even if Dan Morgan's here now, because Dan Morgan was in those rooms the last two seasons. He was a part of the process to bring Jonathan Mingo to Carolina. I don't have a ton of confidence there. He was also part of the process of bringing in those guys who were supposed to be catching footballs last year but couldn't do that very well. That's still a concern. A clean slate, understand, clean slate, still in the back of my mind. Haven't forgotten, Dan, but I'm rooting for you, buddy. I don't know. I've always been players over picks, but in this scenario, you don't have a lot of picks. And the Panthers are a team that really, they got to start valuing their picks. They need to start accumulating picks, and it's hard. I would love to have T. Higgins, but it's going to cost probably your third-round pick and something else to be able to get him here to Carolina, your your 33rd overall pick, your second-round pick, plus something else, and you're going to have to pay him a lot of money. 
and you haven't figured out the situations with Brian Burns yet, with Derek Brown, Frankie Louvu. See, things are complicated, y'all. And same scenario with Michael Pittman Jr., except I'm really willing to give up. I don't know if I want to give the 33rd, but I'm willing to give up possibly what it takes to get T. Higgins. Now, as far as Mike Evans and Calvin Ridley goes, it really depends on their market. As I mentioned before, and this is from the reporting I saw that Mike Evans, uh, that's Jonathan Jones who put this out there of CBS Sports on Monday, that the Jets will be interested, the Chiefs will be interested. Mike Evans already has a Super Bowl ring. He could be somebody who's like, I got my ring. I've, he's gotten his bag, too. Do you want to get another bag? How big will that bag be now that you're over the hill at 30 years old? That is certainly a question. Now, for the Panthers, looking at Evans and Ridley, one guy's over 30, the other guy is in his mid-20s. Are you willing to take the risk on paying a player $20 million per year, which is gonna, it's going to cost probably a little bit more than that, to bring in Mike Evans? Is it just going to be kind of a one, a three-year deal that's really a one-year deal, a three-year deal that's really a two-year deal to bring Mike Evans in for the next two seasons and then think that that's going to help Bryce Young this year and then really in 2025, knowing it's the NFC South, that that could be the chance of the Panthers to maybe contend for the division if they do everything else outside of bringing in Evans correctly? Or does it make sense to bring in a younger player? Who Jacksonville, they want to have because they understand that they have a former number one overall pick at quarterback in Trevor Lawrence who needs to have talented receivers around him to be able to have success in the NFL, especially when you play in the AFC and there's Mahomes, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, all those quarter, Joe Burrow, you got to have talent. Would you rather pay him and have him longer right here in his prime? Or would you rather have Mike Evans, who already fits the system and speaks highly of your head coach? Like that's a scenario like Mike Evans is probably would probably be, I think, the preferred scenario for a lot of people just because it's not going to cost you anything. And I think even T. Higgins would be preferred over Ridley because I think Higgins is a better player. Maybe you're someone who want who would rather have Ridley because, again, it doesn't cost that as much as far as not having to give up draft compensation. How much is too much? That's a question I have for you. For me, giving up that 33rd feels like too much, especially when. A player four years ago by the name of T. Higgins was taken 33rd overall. And a player the next year, right after that pick, and Michael Pittman, actually, I think that might have been the same year, Michael Pittman was taken 34th overall. You can get that caliber receiver without having to give up that pick plus another pick. And on top of that, pay them a massive salary. You stay at 33, take a receiver, get four years of a rookie cost-controlled contract, and if you get it right, you get a T. Higgins or you get a Michael Pittman Jr. and your problem may be solved. But if you get Mike Evans or Calvin Ridley, you have a proven player who can come in right away and help your team potentially win some games or at least help your quarterback. That is something to think about. Marquise Brown, he's also up there on Matt Bowen's ranking. He's the number 28th overall free agent. He is um, the number five rated receiver. His numbers are up and down. Looking at next-gen stats, he had 2.5 yards separation. That was a problem for the Carolina Panthers. He had the fourth-worst catch percentage in the NFL at 50.5 this past season. I know that Kyler Murray missed some time out there in Arizona. That's gross. But the good thing about him, though, is he he can create explosive plays. That's 28 touchdown receptions on his career resume. Ten of them came on throws of at least 20 air yards. And he would be a cheaper option than the players that I've mentioned before. Some other second-tier options, Darnell Mooney, Gabe Davis, Mooney of the, of the Bears, Davis of the Bills. Those could be second-tier guys that could come in at a cheaper rate and – 
still help the Panthers. Like that's speed with Mooney. That's also speed or Marquise Brown, Gabe Davis. He's been able to make some plays, of course, working with Josh Allen there in the past. So those are some other options. Just think if you want to go a little bit more bargain hunting instead of having to be super aggressive if you're the Panthers and pay a lot of money. That's just a thought from me. Now, we talked about the top guys out there who the Panthers should target and how much it may cost them and whether the Panthers should even do that. Who are the guys here in Carolina right now that will be back and should be back? We'll talk about them here in just a moment on Locked on Panthers. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked on NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Let's take a look at some of the guys that are currently on the roster and also who are about to test free agency that were in this wide receiver room last year and whether any of them should come back. Now, Adam Thielen is a guy that obviously you would want to have him back last year. 103 receptions, 1,014 yards, only four touchdowns. He had 2.9 yards of separation just below the league average. You like to see that. Had a 75.18 catch percentage, which is 11th best in the NFL this past season. His PFF grade overall was a 72.7. He graded out as the 44th best receiver out of 128 qualifying receivers. His receiving grade was a 75.3. That was 34th out of 126 qualifying wide receivers. I did not expect that out of Adam Thielen. I thought that he could still play and give the Carolina Panthers something. I, I did not see that coming. And if you believe that was coming, you're either his wife, his kid, or one of his buddies back in Minnesota because no one out there who's a Panthers fan and honestly thought Adam Thielen was going to have 100 receptions and 1,000 yards this past season. No way you saw that coming. He was still a good player in Minnesota. The Vikings made the right decision. They already have K.J. Osborne, of course, Justin Jefferson, my goodness, to go out there and then to draft Jordan Addison. That was the right decision. You're a team that just came off a 13-1 season. You still have Kirk. You got some talent out there. He's an aging veteran. Go out there, get a younger player who was spectacular for them this past season. It was a benefit for Carolina. I wondered when free agency was starting if Adam Thielen would even be a candidate for the Panthers because he's at the end of his career. He's never played in the Super Bowl. He's, of course, never won a Super Bowl because he's never played in one. Would he want to come to a team that, yes, was close to making the playoffs, but still was a team that there were questions on how good they actually would be able to be after that turnaround under Steve Wilkes in 2022. And as we saw, they went 2-15 and this season. And back in January, during locker room cleanout, Adam Thielen was talking about how he came here to work with Frank Reich and that coaching staff and that there was a plan that they would be able to compete for the playoffs this past season and then really build onto that going into 2024. That, of course, was not the case as Frank Reich got fired after 11 games. The team was god-awful, and now there's a new coaching staff, and he's wondering if this is the best situation for him moving forward. I talked about in my offseason to-do list that trading Adam Thielen, that may be on your to-do list. Uh, you look at right now on Spot Track. If you trade him between now and March 16th, that's at the end of the first week of free agency, the dead cap hit would be $6.6 million. The cap savings would be $3.2 million. And of course, you would be missing 
one of your top receivers from last year, really the only receiver from last year that I think you should feel highly about. I'm sure for some of you are talking yourselves into Jonathan Mingo. Maybe that'll be a thing one day. Right now, it is not. If Adam Thielen comes to Brant Tillis or really to Dan Morgan and says, I want out, are they going to allow him to leave or are they going to say no? They could get some compensation for Thielen after last year, possibly get you a six. I don't and maybe make it a conditional type pick. If he hits those certain benchmarks, it maybe goes up to a fifth round pick. Compensation is compensation. The Carolina Panthers, they need that. And that can maybe help them maneuver to go out there and get somebody else to come in, whether it's a draft or they want to wheel and deal, make some trades. I don't know. I would like to see Adam Thielen stay here, but I'm not going to sit here and say it's a guarantee, just knowing that, not knowing, but it seems like the guy doesn't really want to sit here and lose again. We'll see how that works out. Some other guys that are on the roster but are on their way out, DJ Chark, LaVisca Chenault, so long, farewell. However else the rest of that song from The Sound of Music goes, they were terrible, and I just a joke, just an absolute joke that people were like, oh, yeah, LaVisca Chenault, he's uh, basically Curtis Samuel. Not Curtis Samuel. Let me go ahead and slap myself there. No, he's ba- he's basically Debo Samuel, like Debo Samuel Light. I, I, I don't know, man. No. Amir Smith-Marset is a restricted free agent. I would be interested in bringing him back to be a gadget guy again like last year and to be a returner. He was fine as a returner. Didn't think it was great. He had that one touchdown against Chicago, which, of course, that was a great moment. Outside of that, don't think he's really that much of a receiving threat, but he does have some speed in the Panthers, and they need some speed. Why not see what he could potentially do for you again this upcoming season? Terrace Marshall, that's simple to me. His cap numbers... If you cut him, dead cap is $381,000. You cut him, cap savings is $1.4 million. Simple decision. Showed flashes there when Wilkes is here in 2022. Wilkes didn't come back. This coaching staff that they just have, Frank Reich and all of him, went out there and they brought in Demir Bird. They brought in DJ Shark. They brought in Adam Thielen. And they told us straight up. And then they also drafted John Domingo, told us straight up. Terrace Marshall's not in their plans. He was inactive for seven straight weeks until having to play the final game of the season when Jonathan Mingo went on IR with a foot injury and could not line up correctly and that brought back a spectacular play by Bryce Young. Get the man out of Carolina. I'm good here. And with Jonathan Mingo, that will be – we're going to spend a lot of time, of course, talking about what Dave Canales can do for Bryce Young. Think about Brad Idzik. As a OC, a former wide receiver, had been working wide receivers last year. You also look at um, Nate Carroll, who's a pass game coordinator, was working with wide receivers in Seattle. You got some former wide receiver, and you, of course you have your wide receiver coach. You have some former wide receiver coaches on this roster, and that's a good thing because this position group really needs to get some better coaching and needs to be much better than it was, and getting some talent will help. But for young players like Jonathan Mingo, is it possible that he can be saved by some of those guys? We're going to spend a lot of time talking about Bryce Young and his development under Dave Canales in this offense. How about Jonathan Mingo's development? Because last year, woof. Fifth worst catch percentage in the NFL at 50.59%. 54.7 PFF grade. as 110th out of 128 qualifying wide receivers. Terrible. Had a 52.6 receiving grade. 116th out of 126 wide receivers that qualified. Also terrible. 43 receptions. 418 yards. No touchdowns. Had a couple of uh, drops. PFF only says he had four. I counted at least 30. Um, he was not good last season. I am not a Jonathan Mingo fan. I, I'm i just one person. I, I can't watch every game in college, but I've always been a big college football fan. And there's been a lot of great receivers come out of Ole Miss, like A.J. Brown, D.K. Metcalf. Recently, I didn't even know who the hell this guy was. And 
I now see why I didn't know who the hell this guy was because he wasn't making plays. Didn't really wasn't the leading receiver on his team. Has the measurables, and that was one of the flaws I feel like that previous general manager and we'll see how many guys end up leaving that was one of the flaws i felt like they had when it came to evaluating talent via the draft oh they had the measurables but can they play football and last year jonathan mingo showed you that he's at least not ready to play football at this level at the level that it requires especially for a player who was the number three receiver on his team the panthers need to go bring in some other players and maybe get him on the number four spot or they got to do a ton to get him up to speed so thielen it would be nice to have him back, of course. If he wants out, he wants out. You don't have to accept that, but it's one of those things where you can do right by the player and get him in a better situation, or you're going to tell him, suck it up, stay here, and continue to lose. And with Jonathan Mingo, of course, he'll be back. They just got to do a lot to get him there. Terrace Marshall, so long. DJ Chark, bye. LaVishka Chenault, go away. Amir Smith-Marset, I'm intrigued. Oh, and by the way, Jalen Camp and Cam Sims, they have resigned, so they'll be back in Carolina this upcoming season. That's going to wrap up this edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, hosted by yours truly. Julian Council, again, y'all subscribe or follow the show for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. And be sure to follow me, Julian Council, on Twitter at Julian Council, where on Friday, I'll be back right here on the show, answering your weekly Friday mailbag questions. And the West, the best way to get those to me is by either adding me or DMing me on Twitter at Julian Council. So please go ahead and do that. In the meantime, be safe, be happy, be whole. As always, keep pounding, and I'll talk to you all on Thursday. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL Draft coverage this offseason, Look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.